0: We are continuing in our mountain series, and today there's something I'll be teaching that will change your life. You won't live here like you came. You won't. It's not possible. First John 2. Ghost of Acts. You won't live here like you came. Okay. First John two. We are gonna read from verse twelve. In a lot of thought this week, and hopefully, some of the thoughts I'll express in the message. So, first John 2, verse 12. Mazova, are you able to hear me? Okay, I was concerned about the genset. 1st John chapter 2, verse 12. At the count of three, you read it together for me. One, two, three. I forgot to count. (laughs) So he starts by addressing little children and you notice that when someone is a child they first get to know that they are forgiven and they know him as the father. You know how a father is? He's so kind and gentle and it's really about relationship. then he says I write to you young men because you've overcome the wicked one when someone is in their young men phase this is the place where they begin to have an understanding of their spiritual authority it's about faith it's about the gifts of the spirit it's about going to the clinic to pray for people who've come deaf and dumb. I don't know if you're getting my point. It's about looking for demons to cast out. I must mention that if you haven't developed at least a hunger for spiritual gifts, we need to pray. I don't know how to encourage you. On that one either you've not been taught well or there's a problem somewhere and we need to try and use the gifts of discernment if you are comfortable with a spiritual life being about you every now and then come in and you know it's like yeah the audience and I'm here to perform and so you come to watch what I have for you that week and you go back and do your normal life and in the next week let's see what entertainment we can get on Sunday The news is a special case that you can't be comfortable with that come on there is so much this life has to offer there is so much having the life of God in you there is so much, there is so much more turn to your neighbor and say there must be more turn to another one and say there must be more and I will tell you this the reason why young people are leaving a lot of churches There are people who are saying, hey, young people are not interested in God. I beg to differ. Hallelujah. A lot of them are just bored. Because from a young age, they've been reciting the same prayer. No action. They can predict the next lines. No proper spiritual life. remember years ago I was with a few people and we had gone for a service and it was time to receive Holy Communion I think by then I was not yet saved I was in shock when I saw them going to receive I said you are receiving Holy Communion they didn't talk to me for a minute they went received it and for five minutes, those guys were holy. Even their face, they had a the holy face. I know, you know that face that you give. Like when I say, can I pray for you? For, for some reason, whenever I tell someone, come, let me pray for you, their face changes. They're like, as in those guys were so holy. Five minutes later, the insults I heard that's religion and I must mention this because it's possible to be religious anywhere even where there is a love of God do you know how you know it's religion when it's just about doing things for the sake of doing them you sing the song simply because it's nice or you're trying to cheer on the one who's leading it like when we say it's time to praise you even start moving you've got your default dance like it's like you've got your default dance and when it takes us it's a bit more like this you even know that that's not really the way you dance when you're celebrating are you really celebrating the presence of God if that's your definition of a celebration. But then when you discover that you've passed an exam. Sometimes not even passing with flying colors. Sometimes just above sea level. The, the depth of the dance you give. And then we come here to give God the sacrifice of praise. And the best you can give him is... energetic as you are. Where do you use that energy? <laughs> no. People will see me. They are not looking at you. They are looking at the guys in front. I don't know if you're getting my point. Like, I don't know. You, are, you, are you telling me you think God designed services so there should be a team that praises for you? they are just not in the mood. Let me tell you, if there is something I never do, I'll tell you something I never do. I will never tell a person who praises to tone down. No, you overpraise. I'll never do that. You know why? There was a time in the scriptures, Jesus was Um, it was Palm Sunday (laughs) he entered on a donkey remember then they brought palms and the like and then when that happened the Pharisees came to him and said stop your disciples from praising Jesus turned and said if I stop them stones will be raised that's how precious praise is to God from today Give him your best. Oh, no, give him your best. <laughs> hallelujah. When you say my hallelujah belongs to you, are you getting my point? When you say all of the glory belongs to you, I love the Lord notice Jesus was asked what's the greatest command and of all the commandments guess the one he said the one he said wasn't even among the ten but he said this one summarizes them all he says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your strength do you love God with your strength you know there is such a thing as loving God with your strength with your energy So for example the guys who went outside and turned on that thing trust me they didn't use the anointing to turn it on hello it's heavy and I hear it's hard to turn on they use strength what are they doing? They're loving God with their strength the people that were here last night as we were asleep the people that were here last night to clean the place because were not yet in our permanent house. They were loving God with their strength. (sighs) I don't know about you. I don't want games. I want something real. Something tangible. Don't just be some religious somebody. This This thing has to be real. don't just be that person who only knows the father who provides and so everything about your life is lord give me money give me CA give me this give me this never taking time to also know what's on God's heart what's on God's mind like God who do you want me to pray for today was reading a study that showed that out of every nine prayers in the bible seven of them were prayers of intercession you know last night i was i was deep in thought and i was thinking about the scripture that says the kingdom of god is like a mustard seed it's the smallest seed, but when you plant it, it becomes a tree and has many branches. And birds can come and make their nests on it. Maybe let's go to that scripture. Take me to Luke. Tell neighbor, it must be real. Give me Luke 13, verse 18. To nineteen ah it must be real it must be real and I will love you Lord my strength I will love you Lord my high strength. Have you Lord forever my grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we gather here, participate. Turn to your neighbor and say participate. Turn to another one, and say participate. It's such an honor, it's a privilege to come before God. Tell someone, say, if there is an area you never need to encourage me, it's worshiping God. So I don't need encouragement for that one. <laughs> ah, somebody say, Glory. Now look at this. Then he said, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it to? Uh huh. It is like a mustard seed which a man took and put in his garden and it grew. Tell somebody the kingdom of God is about growth. Come on, tell somebody, you must grow. grow. So it's like a mustard seed. I've heard people say, no, you know what? Um, I know I don't have a lot of faith but you know you're just supposed to have faith like a mustard seed Jesus didn't say you're supposed to have faith like a mustard seed he was saying if you have faith like a mustard seed you'll be able to do this but then when you study what are you supposed to do with the seed plant it and the kingdom of God is is like a mustard seed which a man took and put in his garden and it grew it grew you must grow you must look at yourself where you are now. You must be better off than where you were two weeks ago. You must grow because the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It it was planted and it grew. Somebody said it grew. If you have, get us photos of a mustard seed and a mustard and a, and the tree it becomes even later during the sermon. And it grew and became a large tree. A mustard seed is really small. It's really small. But under the right conditions, it becomes a large tree. And look at what happened when it became a large tree. Was it living for itself? No. It says, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. Your growth must reach such a level. people have rest because of you that's the way it's supposed to be the kingdom of God is not it's not just about you, it's not self centered, you must grow turn to your neighbor and say you must grow and you know I was thinking to myself and I'll get to the teaching I was thinking about spiritual growth And I discovered something. In a seed is a tree. But you must water and plant for that tree to come out of it. So you find when a person is born again, the Bible says they are born not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. You see, when you're born again, you're born with the full package, but you have to unlock it. You have to develop a tree out of that seed. You're born with the full package of righteousness, but you have to now practice righteousness. You have to bear the fruits of righteousness. You're born with the full package. You're born with that measure of faith, which if you're to plant, you can grow it. You are born with the full package. It's like a baby. As you know, there reaches a certain age where a boy or a girl are able to reproduce after their kind. They were already born with the faculties to do that, but they had to develop. So you'll find you'll not become fruitful as a believer until you develop, until you grow. You must grow. You must mature. Because there are birds waiting to put their nests on your branches. Oh, I hope you are hearing my appeal. That's why, think about it. Christ is already dwelling in the church. And yet, Paul is praying that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith. What are you doing? By praying. It's almost as if you are unlocking that reality that's already within you. for you you know what I'm praying for my biggest prayer point is that that God may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him because I know once that happens everything else will follow through that you may know him beyond knowledge That you may have revelation of these things. That you may reach a level of conviction which is called fully persuaded. We'll do a teaching on that soon. On being fully persuaded. Somebody say, Glory to God where you've trained your mind to think as the spirit man that you are where you've adopted the word of God as the primary wisdom in your life it's your default where everything about you becomes spiritual hallelujah I was in first John to, eh? People, have you heard my appeal? How am I supposed to say you've heard me in Bemba? I said it okay. I thought I was asking, have you heard? What about have you heard me? for you. have to grow. You can't spend your entire life as a believer. Like, you're standing before God in heaven and they ask you, what did you do as a believer? Oh, I was a powerful believer. I used 72 brands of anointing oil. I had curses cast out of my life every week. As a matter of fact, I made sure I went to different men of God almost every month just to have one or two curses removed from my life. You think that's what God will see as, oh wow, you are so powerful. No, no, he's going to ask, okay, how, what kind of a tree did you produce? How much fruit was produced from the tree? Did you produce 70fold fold, or 34? And you say a thousand fold. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, I'll, I'll move on. I just need to know if you've grasped that one. Has anyone caught it? Come on, be responsive. The way you receive the word of God, the word of God is food. You have to open your mouth to eat. I'm not saying now when I'm preaching in church, you should be. No, No pastor said the word of God is food. So to receive the word, you need to open your mouth. But when the word of God blesses you Open your mouth, receive it, digest it Have you caught it? That's how you respond Ah, Are you catching it people? The little girl over there Have you caught it? And then you're catching it at your edge <laughs> Hallelujah. First John two. He is amazing, and thou spend forever singing. Dun 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 dun. not the one whose crown is shining. Because I adore you. (laughs) Okay. Please somebody say preach please master preach. (laughs) Okay. I write to you verse 13. Here's what I wanted to emphasize. There is a level. Where your focus. Is your authority and what you can do. There's a level where your focus is your gift. And we talked about gifts. But, there is something higher than that. Notice, for fathers, it says you have known him who was from the beginning. You have known him. You have known him. And when he talks about knowing him, I'm telling you, you know him not just as father. You know every aspect of him. You know him as father. You know him as master you know him as the lion you know him as the lamb you know him as that gentle still spirit you also know him as that fire and, 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 and at the end of the day you know what you know him as you know him as your God that statement in a few months uh, there's something I'll be releasing You understand the depth of that statement do you know that what's happened in the world now is they are removing from people the concept of God do you know why it's very easy for a lot of Africans to come to Christ and not just Africans people who are more traditional do you know why it's easy for them to come to Christ because they already have a concept of God so what they are trying to do now is that they are trying to remove the concept of God from people's minds. Because the moment you remove the concept of God, how can there be a son of God? Do you know why it was easy for Jesus to preach to Nicodemus? Because the people in that time had a concept of God. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, look, we know you are the teacher sent by God. Because no one can do these things you are doing unless God is with him. In short, they knew that this God is not just This. This person has been sent by God because God is because of the things he's doing, the miracles he's doing. They knew he was sent by God. I'll, I'll come back to this. But look, he's saying you have known him who is from the beginning. Do you know what the source of error is? I would, let me let me let me talk for a minute. I mean, this is. It's my church after all. Eh? I hear the people who get offended when a man of God says my church, but even members say I've gone to my church. What's the difference? What's the man of God who said it? <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to show you something. There was a woman in the Bible who really needed deliverance. Matthew 22 Like, I don't know if there are as many women as this one who really needed deliverance. They were powers from her father's side. I'm convinced. if anyone has ever wanted to convince me about a person undergoing powers from the father's side, I'm convinced. Matthew 22. You will see when you read the scripture Give me verse 25 Start from verse 24 Now some people came to him To Jesus to test him Saying teacher Moses said That if a man dies having no children His brother shall marry his wife And raise up offspring for his brother Huh now there are with us seven brothers. The first died after he married, having no children, having no children, and left his wife to his brother. Uh-huh. Likewise, the second at this point, I would have said suspecting. Uh-huh. And the third, even to the seventh, like the guy, she kept marrying. She finished a whole line of brothers. Seven. (laughs) Those were powers. (laughs) Anyways, this story was fictitious. So please take it as a joke. I mean, what I've said as a joke. The story was fictitious. Not, you've got to preach a message somewhere that invited you. What are you going to preach on? I'm preaching on powers from the Father's side. I've come here as a son of Apostle Frederick Kaluloma bearing his doctrine. Some of you here have always wondered whether powers exist. Let me now show you Matthew 22. Like my pastor said, this woman had power. (laughs) It's a joke. Eh? Hallelujah. Okay. now go on last of all the woman died also so they had a question Uh therefore in the resurrection whose wife of the seven will she be for they all had her Uh, next verse now I want you to look at what Jesus said this will show you why there are a lot of people in error there are some people who may be saved but they are in error there are things that they don't know and there are things that they believe wrongly here's why people are in error it says you are mistaken give me from the King James you do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God so why are people in error because they don't know the scriptures they don't know the power of god there are people who say no us at our church it's just about the word of god um wh- what do you mean it's just about the word of god the word of god is living and active you, i don't know if you're getting my coin then the others will say no for us uh, we are not about teaching because the gift on our life as a church is just about prophesying come on do you know what the prophetic really is it's prophetic it's inspired teaching and preaching that's primarily the first part of the gift of prophecy if you read it from the amplified and you do know that the power of God doesn't work in a vacuum unless you are abusing it the word of God has to be there so there must be you must have both An appreciation for the scriptures and an appreciation for the power of God. You hear somebody coming and saying, Hey, just because miracles happen in that church doesn't mean God is there. What scripture is backing that? If you've got a problem with someone's doctrine, just attack the doctrine. Don't say just because miracles happen, that doesn't mean God is there. You know how one man of God replied? He was told, hey, you, just because you perform miracles doesn't mean, uh, doesn't mean God is happy with you. So he replied, you, just because you don't perform miracles doesn't mean God is happy with you in the... (laughs) (laughs) So if people are saying, just because, hey, miracles in your church doesn't mean God is there, you do the miracles not happening in your church. For me, they are a wonder if God is there, actually because Nicodemus met Jesus and look at this, John 3 verse 1 look at what Nicodemus says he says we know there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, next verse he came to Jesus at night, he didn't want the other Pharisees to see him and he says we know that you are the teacher come from God, if you knew I know certain people who have spoken against me and have come to my inbox asking for an impartation. They always come at night. Hallelujah. And he says, We know that your right teacher comes from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So they were both teaching, but then they knew. Them it was nothing to do with God. Them it was philosophy. Them it was just what was handed down by their fathers. But this young man who had come, called Jesus, who was in his 30s, early 30s, there is an authority he spoke with. Demons were fleeing. Miracles were happening. And he came by night and said, Let me not lie to you. Deep inside, we all know this guy no one can do these things unless he's been backed by someone supernatural so when he talks about I write to you fathers because you have known him from the beginning you find at the level of maturity at the level of maturity this is a person who understands God he understands the ways of God Understands the thoughts of God. Understands the way God functions. That's why Moses could go before God. God is about to kill the Israelites. And what did Moses do? He prayed according to how God functions. He says, No, 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 no. Um, You are merciful and just. And if you kill them, people will say that you brought them out just to kill them. And God would come down. That's why they said the Israelites knew the works. Moses knew the ways. The Israelites knew the they knew that this is a God who can part the Red Sea. Moses knew that the whole reason why he was parting the Red Sea, giving quail, giving water, Moses got to know. You know why? Because Moses found out one day that the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. They went on to say, but that will in no way justify the guilt. I'll never forget that part. Okay, maybe now I can. I've, I've, I've let it off my chest. How many of you have been blessed? So I'm appealing to you, you can grow. So now, I was mentioning that when you're at the young men phase, your focus is a lot on this is my gift I can do this I can do this and spiritual growth by the way is personal by that I mean you can decide how quickly you grow First Corinthians 12 verse 31 so you can actually decide how quickly you grow I remember in my early days there are ways God taught me lessons let me tell you a few lessons God taught me number one every time god did something very supernatural in those early days there was usually no one to watch and i never had a smartphone to record a video like tamandami and people didn't really believe me i remember having a meeting and i was praying for someone and they fell. and then i looked this side i was trying to look at one of my haters and they were not paying attention. You know what that means? My aim of, I really wanted that person to fall. It's not that I wanted them to receive, I wanted them to fall by all means. You know why? Because as far as I was concerned, I've got the power. So there's a phase where if you're not careful, you can, be want, you can want to be gifted for the sake of being gifted. I don't know if you're getting my point. Like, maybe you've got an area of praise and worship. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with sounding nice. Please sound nice. If you don't sound nice, you disturb some of us. But where your aim of that worship session is that today I must sound nice. And the entire worship session becomes, okay, guys, we are here for corporate worship. So what happens during corporate worship is that every now and then you can clap and we'll relate, but you are all here to listen to me. (laughs) Anyways, let me not... (laughs) Let me not go any... (laughs) What scripture was I on? First Corinthians 12 verse 31. I've started now. So, what should a believer's attitude be towards spiritual gifts? Here it is. It says, earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So, meaning there is a way of life that is even higher than being gifted. let me say that again there is a way of life that's higher than being gifted there is a more excellent way than just being gifted and that's why if you are gifted of which you all are desire this excellent way otherwise you'll be arrogant with your gift making us beg for what God has freely given you to give us hallelujah hallelujah there's a more excellent way and that's what we're going into and what's the more excellent way? you find it in First Corinthians 13 look what it says uh-huh I may speak with tongues of men and angels as in this person can speak tongues like when they want to speak in tongues you all keep quiet because the, first, the tongues will first start in Swahili Go to French, Espanol, a little bit of Chinese. Then it will shift to heavenly languages we have never heard of. But guess what? If this person doesn't have love, then there are a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Give me a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I think that's on the drums. For special effects so I may speak and if I don't have love how is heaven seeing me show me how heaven is seeing me play as badly as you can no stop 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 we are babies hallelujah so Even if I was to be praying the deepest tongues, if I've not learned the most excellent way, if I'm not walking in love, you're just a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. (laughs) Next verse. And though I have the gift of prophecy, Understand all mysteries, not some, all, and all knowledge. And though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains but have not love, what does heaven know you as? Nothing. Can you imagine that? On earth, you are celebrated. In heaven, someone who maybe your faith moved the mountain for them so they go to heaven. they're like ah. no i just wanted to ask about uh apostle dr prophet thirty two thousand and heaven's like who's that and that one if he makes it here we've prepared that kasevan's like squatter there And we've prepared that katishet shirt for him. God barely made it. On the back. I promise I will never do this again. I'm telling you. I'm telling you it's a more excellent way. There are some people who are not persecuted. Listen. There are some people who come out and say no. I'm gifted, but you know, people persecute me. Sometimes you've just got a bad attitude. And you've just broken too many hearts. And so you, you, you make someone... You make someone... lose confidence in people who walk in gifts because of how you are conducting yourself because of not walking in love because of just being too arrogant because of being a little too prideful and the way when I'm preaching I like if everyone can sit straight it helps. next verse even though I was to give all my goods to the poor and though I give my body to be burnt and have not love that person is nothing what am I trying to say the most excellent way is the way of love So fathers have known him who was from the beginning. What do they know? We'll get to love in the context of other people. But here are a few notes I wrote down. So those who have known him from the beginning have come to an understanding that number one, God loves us. He loves us he loves us listen the gospel according to jesus you know there's gospel according to mark gospel according to john the gospel according to jesus was summarized as follows for god so loved the world the gospel according to jesus was not god really hates sin the gospel according to jesus was not God is about to send you to hell. The gospel according to Jesus was not, look at how far man has fallen. The gospel according to Jesus was for God and still is for God so loved. So the gospel according to Jesus is a gospel of love. It's a message of love. It's a message of someone who's always loved you. There are people here you've received prophecies. You have to align them to the word of God. It would take me a lot to believe. No. The Lord is saying he's very angry at you. Do you know how long it took for the Egyptians to get God angry? Do you know how long it took for the iniquity of Sodom and Gomorrah? To reach the full level. People, and understanding that this God who loves you so much sent his son to die for you. Someone will be saying, Yeah, Apostle, I got saved, but I still messed up. I did this, I did that, I did that. Like he calculated all the risks in advance. Whenever you are doing a project, you calculate the risks. He calculated the risks. Of you being stubborn every now and then. He calculated the risk of all those times you've fallen. And if you ask him, he's still saying, Restore them, restore them, restore them. I want them in my kingdom. I accept them. I love them. The gospel primarily, it's 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 for God so loved. He's so loved. Frederick you can mention your name for God so loved so loved them that he he he, he analyzed all the options and decided to put all his eggs in one basket over you and he sent his only son Uh, you should be in John 3.16 right now that whosoever notice the gospel according to Jesus is not segregative it doesn't say for God so love those who come from rich families doesn't say for God so love those who come from poor families it's not segregative doesn't say for God so love those who are tall or for God so love those who are short or for God so love those who can sing or oh, for God so loved those who give or oh, for those God so loved those who gave their tithe or oh, for God so loved those who grew up well and didn't make mistakes it says for God so loved Frederick Sorry, I'm so used to, to reading it like that please put your name that he gave his only begotten son that whoever not segregated. Him, That's why in the scriptures anyone could come to Jesus. The worst of people came to Jesus. Guess what? They never remained that way. There was a woman who was literally caught in the act of adultery. They brought her before Jesus and they said according to the laws of Moses we should stone her. And they were not wrong. She deserved to be stoned according to the laws. Then they asked him what should you do? And then he said that he was not saying cast the first stone. In short, Jesus did not say she's not supposed to be stoned. He was just trying to give a qualification. In short, Jesus knew that they all deserved to be stoned one way or another. So they all started living, apparently, from the greatest to the youngest. They all knew they had had that secret to my things. And so Jesus remains. Can you imagine the look on the woman's face at that moment? She was thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to stone me. He wanted them to all oh go. This man, this man is a radical preacher. So he wanted them to all go so that he gives me the biggest stone. And it, it, praise God that Jesus is like that. If it was me, I would have been a bit playful about it. As they are going, before I speak, I would have picked up a huge stone and just started doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Then I would have opened the scripture about David and Goliath. (laughs) You see why the Messiah had to be him. eh? Oh, that would have been too playful. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) And then, can you imagine the look in her face? And he says, where are your accusers? He says, they've all gone. And he said, is there not anyone to condemn you? And he says okay just to test if you remember if I say it wrongly you tell me and then he says okay I'm giving you three months over the next three months we're going to analyze your life and if we observe that at least you've reduced then we'll see what we can do about the stoning so for now we'll just hit you with this <laughs> guess what he said he put his eggs in one. He looks at her and says, Before he would even tell her to stop sinning, he tells her, I do not condemn you. Go sin no more. He's the God who offers no condemnation first, even before he teaches you how to live. He says, I do not condemn you. Go sin no more. If you know that God, <laughs> hallelujah, you know what will happen to you? you not become playful what will happen is that you love him so much you don't want to go back to the world you love him too much and he says he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him is not segregated anyone here if you believe in him today he should not perish but have Zoe have eternal life have the same life God has many of us read verse 16 but Sometimes we've not gone to verse 17. Verse 17, ha! Look at this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. His mission was never to condemn. That's why when they went to a city and those guys wanted to call fire to burn it down, he was like, that's the problem right now. You're a young men. You've not learned the most excellent way. His aim was never to condemn the world was never to condemn the world but that through him all might be saved so when you are growing you know him you know the father and one of the things the primary thing you know is that the gospel according to Jesus is that this God who has been feared throughout all generations this God who people would come to worship because they were afraid he would kill them this God who's been feared all this time has always loved these people he's always loved them always loved them and he has always loved you sometimes do you ever think about where he got you from where you were in your mind or maybe where you were in your actions, and he says, this is the one I want. Do you think maybe that's why there's that scripture in the Bible like who is man that you're mindful of him? I suspect it was an angel was asking like he said i've been with this I 've been with this God for i don't know how many million years Lucifer and I in in. Me thinking, how oh, yeah. he's going to? <laughs> I was sure I come, I always find him just looking at man. Like, ah, Lord, ain't I looking good today? No, ah, yeah, don't disturb me. I'm counting her hair. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so God loves. What else do they know? I'm now in the sermon, by the way. What I was doing at first is I was talking. I just had a lot on my chest. is that what people do. I receive calls sometimes. Pastor, I just have a lot on my chest. Ah, talk to me. Pastor, I'm not going to drink my popcorn. <laughs> you know, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> Hallelujah. At some point, you say, hold on, let me just get like a drink. <laughs> okay. She He is jealous of me. It's okay. Let's go on. No let's go go, go. (laughs) Okay number two Not only does he love us I want you to know this He is jealous over us And he longs for us To love him I will explain jealousy soon But give me James 4 verse 5 Have you noticed that even when God Gave the big ten The big ten where they found Exodus 20 Give me Exodus 20 Eh, Some of you have answered quickly Hallelujah. Give me Exodus 20, verse 1. Ah. Notice the first things he says. Because you will see the nature of God in this. Look at this. Uh-huh. I am the Lord your God. Uh-huh. Next verse. You shall have no other gods before me. That's the first thing he mentioned. uh uh-huh. and he starts saying them don't make for yourself any image and the like uh-huh. don't serve them and look at the reason he says for I the Lord your God am a jealous God in case you wanted to know primarily the scripture where God can even punish generations it's on this one but he's jealous I'm a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Like if you can't have me, no one will. If I I can't have you, no one will. (laughs) Hallelujah. As in James 4 verse 5, you, you get an understanding of the jealousy of God. He's jealous. He doesn't want to share hallelujah some people think uh, women are very jealous That maybe they just show it I think men are worse <laughs> do you know how possessive men are? <laughs> Hallelujah. I was doing a study. I did a study. Uh, it's okay. Uh, do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? Give me amplified. Or do you suppose that the Scripture is speaking to no purpose? that says the spirit whom he has caused to dwell in us yearns over us and he yearns for the spirit to be welcome with a jealous love he yearns to be welcome jesus is asked what's the what's the greatest commandment what was his answer you shall love the lord your god with all your heart not some of it not part of it he is jealous he's jealous look uh, no we'll go there later he's jealous and he's got this jealousy over us give me songs of Solomon 8 verse 6 look at this this is how jealous he is Uh uh-huh verse 5 Let's start from verse 5 notice this in songs of solomon 8 verse 5 at this point look at this it says who is this coming up from the wilderness leaning upon her beloved so you find they're narrating a story of where there's a woman who's been brought out of the wilderness by her beloved we should do a sketch what do you think, Acts? We should do something, eh? And it's like everyone is wondering, will she ever be found? She's been lost in the Amazon jungle for so long. And the beloved said, I'll go get her. <laughs> and when, when they're thinking, maybe it's also, has something happened to him? Little did they know, he's too tough. And they just see, Dah. I don't know if you're getting my point. I awakened you under the apple tree. There your mother brought you forth. There she who brought you forth. Now look at the the next verse. The woman. Says. For me it's almost as if she's daring. Like okay. You love me eh. Set me as a seal upon your heart. As a seal upon your arm. By the way, the woman is us. There's a body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And we were too demanding. The bride price we asked for is, set me as a seal upon your heart. Set me as a seal upon your arm. And she gives her definition. She says, for love is as strong as death. And jealousy as cruel as the grave. Now, think about this. For Jesus to have his bride... It had to be pierced in the arms. There's a seal there. It's still there till now. How do you know? Because when he resurrected, he decided not to fill it up with flesh. That way when Thomas asked, hey, where is Jesus? He said, touch, touch. The seal is here. You asked for a seal, it's here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You asked for it, it's here. And there's a seal right here. <laughs> I remember he was stabbed. There's a seal. And then... He's like, Oh, you think love is as strong as death? I'm stronger. He proved that not even death could hold him. You know, the grave is a jealous place. The grave doesn't give back what it gets in the earthly realm, it doesn't give back what it gets. He says the guy entered the grave as jealous as it is and came back. I don't think they get it, my voice. And it says its flames are flames of fire, most vehement flame. Next verse. And it says, Many waters cannot quench love, nor can floods drown it. And it says, If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly scorned. An understanding of how jealous he is over you, how protective he is. When you understand that, maybe that's why when Paul was advising married people on marriage. Guess what he told them? He didn't tell them, look at Adam and Eve. They were together 900 years. He gave them the most perfect example of marriage. He just said, you know what? If you can just follow the pattern of Christ and the church, you will understand. <laughs> You've told a lady that she's the one for you, and you find them in a group of four. And she's the one at the end. And she greeted them. Hi! 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 Hi!" (laughs) Hallelujah! She's busy finding you, commenting on people's profile pictures. Looking good. Looking awesome, looking beautiful. That Shan Shano has a like—not even a heart, a like. You think she will leave you? You see why the Bible just says, "Just study Christ and the church." You are busy doing somersaults, dancing to Dunana reverse, and then we are singing "Yelele Mama," and they are giving us. and god is like what why are you tripping man why are you tripping <laughs> We are worshiping, worship with a smile. Let God see your best smile. That one. Okay, we're talking about jealousy. That's why when you understand the jealousy of god you will not have trouble understanding holiness today i want to share you oh glory glory tonight some husbands and wives need to tell each other i now understand you better having studied i now that i know who made you (laughs) When you have to give him your best he said, seek first the kingdom You don't just seek the kingdom By the way Seek his righteousness The same fire you show for seeking the kingdom You must also show it for his righteousness You know what the word righteousness means there His way of being and doing right Because there's a way That seems good to a man But the end is death So the same way you pursue Loving the Lord and worshipping And lifting your hands that's the same way, if you find that the Bible is suggesting a lifestyle different from the one you are living, you should immediately turn around. Oh. You know, why I love that song. Oh, the overwhelming never ending. You know how the Bible says the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of man. It's not saying God is foolish. It's just giving an example of how sometimes man will look and say, ah, these are foolish things. There are some people who don't think you deserve God's love. There are people who think it's reckless of God to love you. Like why why would he choose you for that calling? Why would he choose you for that destiny? You may not always be the world's best option. That doesn't stop him. (laughs) Okay. What else do they understand? They understand that the first command is to love him. And therefore, they must have an unwavering devotion for him. For those who maybe at some point struggle to follow, I was mentioning that people who have grown to the most excellent way, number one, they understand, they come to a realization that God loves them so much. Number two, they come to a realization that God is jealous over them. Number three, they come to a realization that the greatest command they've ever been given is to love him. He just wants to be loved. Sometimes you have someone come and they'll tell you, they'll give you a life history. And people have been everywhere. Sometimes people have done things they're not proud of and all that. But I found a common denominator in most people. Majority really just wanted what we all want. They just really wanted to be loved. They just wanted to be accepted. They just wanted to... And God just wants to be loved. There is a CEO who approached uh, a man who trains me in leadership and wanted to talk to him privately and said, look, I'm making a lot of money. The job is going well and the man apparently broke down crying he said why he said my employers hate me i can tell when i walk in i can see the disgust on their face they fear me but they hate me and he wanted to you know how can i be loved at the workplace when it all comes to everything i think everyone just wants to be loved don't you think so hallelujah Uh, we all just want that that's why sometimes you find some people are throwing tantrums, they're tripping sometimes you know why they do that they just, I don't know, people have got all sorts of interesting quizzes in their head, they've had too much school so sometimes they create a quiz for you without you knowing you're writing a test, you're writing an exam and it's just really one question do you love me? (laughs) And they do that to their mothers, they'll do that to their sisters, they'll do that to their brothers. They'll just, you find sometimes someone just has that. They just have a do you love me test. You find your your meeting today, they don't come with the add ons they always come with. They want to know if you love them naturally. The end of the day, I'll tell you something. People get tired of every day trying to be at their best. People are at most rest if they can be themselves and have better days than others. I don't want like hey, what happened to your hair? No, no, no. So that thing you think it was, you think it was my hair. No. And understanding that there's a command to love him. Luke 10 verse 27. Okay. I need to be finishing. Luke 10 verse 20. Isn't this what someone says? No. I need to be finishing. Sometimes pastors just also just want to feel that you love their sermons. So you think those inconclusions or ha I'm supposed to end, you think they're because we want to end. hallelujah so he answered and said you shall agape the Lord your God with all your heart agape is love with all your soul with all your strength there are people who say hey I've heard people say please be spiritual don't involve emotions are you, are, you, are you kidding me it says you shall love him with all your heart what do you think is in the heart you shall love him with all your soul what do you think is in the soul God wants your emotions he wants you to be able to <laughs> <What are they? laughs> he wants you to be God wants you to be emotional about him he should be able to touch you he wants you to be affectionate over him and like I said sometimes we struggle to teach this in Africa but your words to God you also need to learn to develop a love language with God hallelujah have people only know warfare even when they are telling God they love you father I love you with all my heart I love you I said I love you I love you Yes. But you know what? Sometimes you just have to lift your hands. Come on, and just there. Uh... I La 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 Just tell him. Woo! Hallelujah. Hold on. So so someone is wondering. So some people wonder when you see others crying. No, ah, the spirit touched you today. Sometimes it's not when the spirit touches. We just like someone has just also just loved him with their soul. I know what I'm doing about, although sometimes I have challenges on the crying, but I've tried it was a day I said today I'm going to today I'll cry in the presence of God now I'm sure that Katia is it to come out <laughs> I said father you don't know how much I love you <sighs> it's not coming check the left corner and then the others the Lord has blessed them they don't struggle in that area but they that in Umu. <sighs> but yeah so how imagine Jesus walks in this church eh? because remember the incense of corporate worship is important so he walks in and as he walks in we are on please rest in like the uh, uh, voice is not at the best today yeah and imagine he walks in and he finds maybe we've got a leader and someone has started you were the word that the beginning. And then, no one is like trying to look. What does that one want? No, eyes are closed. Everyone is, wow. One with God, the Lord most high. And everyone is just filled with hidden glory. How do you think you feel? and then there's a oneness in the emotion there's a oneness we may not be feeling the same one but there's a oneness this one is adoration this one is more of all this one is ah. I don't know if you're getting my point that's the that's a church that's the city of the Lord church I know it's a church where you don't have to be forced my king and everyone is personalizing they're saying my king they're getting my point. And, and then the other one comes and they do their usual style. Hey, ha, la, 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 ha. come on, and then they keep changing, then they go. I will love you, Lord my strength. And there's a oneness. Everyone is experiencing that because we've all set our affections on him. My shield and I will heal. and it's not strange if you see your neighbor cry it's not strange if you see another one kneel it's not strange if you see another one go prostrate because we, we know that ah, this one we just love him we love him and then it's one thing for us to walk out today and someone says, ah, worship was nice. Say, hey, she led well. It's another thing for Jesus to be having a chat and say, ah, worship was nice in that church. <laughs> ah, worship was so nice. I enjoyed. It. <laughs> because it was not centered on an object. It was not centered on a person. But they've all come to an understanding that this God demands to be loved. He wants to be loved. He wants to be loved. And he wants to be loved by you. Not by rocks, not by trees, not by lions, not by chickens. That's why you can eat a chicken, he's not offended. Others will come, no, we're animal rights activists, but they're eating the animals' food. Anyways, (laughs) hallelujah. And then the same animals they are protecting eat each other. So I will say, he's not gonna be offended. If man today decided to destroy all the monkeys in one of any God. And then there are these people called man who is mindful of. He notices them. And he wants to know if they love him. And that one. He can't force it. You have to be willing. What's my point? As you are climbing up the mountain, beyond the gifts, beyond just having faith, you come to a place where you understand the aspect of love. Of course, there's love towards people which we'll look at. But the first aspect is where you've got this unwavering devotion towards God. It's a devotion. It causes you to do certain works. Because if you love someone, there will be action. The definition of love, 1 Corinthians 13, is not a feeling. It goes beyond the feeling. Look at Revelations 2. Say, may I never be among them. Look at this. It says, can you read it for me? Which, wait, which verse do I want? Start from verse one. So, who's already in 2, One, two, three, go. Okay, let me read for you now. I have verse two. It says, I know your works, your labor. Imagine he's writing to a church and he tells them, I know your works, I know your labor, I know your patience. You cannot bear those who are evil. This church is very good at knowing, ah, that one is false, that one is false. You know why? Because they've tested those who have said they're apostles and found them not and found them to be liars. Doctrinally, they are good. can tell you no his exegesis was wrong because when you read hebrews and then you read mark these guys have a problem next verse and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary." but look at this verse 4 nevertheless I have this against you and they're all like wait what do you have against us you have left your first love never be at a place come on somebody think about this that love that you had for Jesus when you just got born again that love when you just discovered these things that love that would make you come here at 6.30 some who are watching me right now you are in Osaka you are listening to this, you know there are some watching and you know you've got no proper reason why you haven't come to church. What has happened to your heart? Because some watching me, some listening to this audio which I'm going to send in the group. There was a time on your best day, you'll be here. On the hardest day, you'll be here. You were the earliest. When we say evangelize, you were the first one. What has happened to your heart. It's now a burden when we tell you to evangelize. It's now a burden. No, no, no. Something has gone wrong. And you can find you can be doing all things right. You're not doing the wrong things. But there's something you've left. You've abandoned it. You've forsaken it. And he says you've you've left your first love. Now, look at what he tells people who. Very sound in doctrine, but they've abandoned their first love. Look at the next verse. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. In short, in Jesus' eyes, they have fallen. Can you imagine? And he says, repent. They actually need to repent because they have fallen. Why? Because they, they've stopped loving him. That's all seriously Jesus takes this love thing. It's like he's saying... What happened in the beginning it was about me now you can tell him "Hey, I know I can't go next week because uh, I didn't like the way that Asha looked at me no I didn't like the way my head of protocol rebuked me when I dropped the glass in the beginning it was never about them You came not even knowing what the word protocol means. It's like you've forgotten that this is a kingdom which the violent actually even take by force. It's like you've forgotten that that's the kind of kingdom we are in, which generations longed for. Suddenly, you can't walk an extra 10 minutes. You can't wake up 10 minutes earlier. And he says, Remember where you have fallen. Far be it from you that you look at the love you had for God when it all began and you discover you have fallen. It's I like can say, it used to be about me. How is it about them now? Since when did they come in the picture? Listen, no matter the case, yes, there is a place for people. There is a place for being encouraged and the like. But there is just a certain way you must be jealous over your personal relationship with God nothing should interfere with that. That relationship will be there for eternity. Whenever you think man, always think temporal. These human beings you are seeing, these human beings you are seeing, were not on this earth a hundred years ago. They were not. There were other people. Some were very wealthy. Some were very beautiful. Some were very one. Majority of those, we don't even see them right now these human beings you are seeing no. yet no I I know coming to that church is good for my spiritual life but I would rather remain here because they will bury me well that's what you think you know your barrier which you won't enjoy really I'm telling you the moment you start viewing things from the place of eternity you stop playing games with this your spiritual life and you stop playing games with it you'll stop playing games with it no i no pastor i know i'm not supposed to go to clubs anymore but you see it was my cousin's niece's birthday so she said no let's go for today. Cousin's niece. You think you're the first one to give up something in the scriptures? And the person said, hey, what has happened now? You're tripping. Are you serious? There was a man who came to Jesus and he said, okay, let me just go bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead and move on with his life. And you're telling me you're willing to compromise your faith because your cousin's niece had a birthday which comes every year. So they don't respect that you are a believer. And I always say this sometimes, this is why we are not respected, even in families. Because us, we can give up anything spiritual for their programs. That's why they don't respect us. Oh! That love you had... That love that made you follow a young man of God simply because you wanted to learn. That love that made you buy that uniform in that department simply because you really wanted to serve even though it was your last money. That love that once made you give an amount of money that you wanted to use for something else. It was a precious seed for you. It was precious. Never lose it. Never lose it. If you've, if you've lost it, repent. And the first way to repent is remember where you've fallen from. Then what does he say? Uh huh. He says, repent and do the first works. Go back to what you used to do. Go back to how you used to devote yourself. Go back to how you used to make time. Go back to how you would sleep one hour later so that you can pray a bit more. That love, never lose it. Life can get busier. Find wise ways. We can can change methods of doing certain things. That love you had before you became a deacon, that would make you serve willingly. No, far be it from you that you used to serve more before you were given a position. Now that you've got a compoto. No, I'm serious. Now that you've got a position. I'm the man. You can't sleep. No, never lose it. Never lose it. What do you think can cause a woman who at their office is a very respected bank manager to go back to their house and sweep and change the diaper of some little boy if not love my aim this morning was very simple very simple for what God has given me The gift I want to give him. The gift I want to give him, apart from my heart, is to try my best to train people who primarily they love him. Hallelujah. May heaven know you as the one who, who loves God. As someone after God's heart. There are certain people in this place who, I remember there was someone who had come to me, and they told me, no, I, I realized that there was something I was not doing rightly. And so I, I've come to say, I, I repent of this. I wasn't surprised. You know why? I could tell this one loves God it was going to be corrected one way or another people who love God I'm telling you people who love God even if they make a mistake they will correct it no someone who loves God ah. uh-uh. things will go back to order tell your neighbor your name Tell your neighbor your name. And say the one who loves God. I want every eye closed. Is there anyone here who is saying, Apostle,